everybody, it's He Yang. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge: Rising Stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. It's Roundtable with myself, Neil Honglin Lee, and Josh Cotterell. When it comes to relationships, appearances often deceive. What appears as a perfect match in the eyes of the public may carry unseen complexities. Vice versa, when you criticize your friend of being in a toxic relationship, maybe it's just because you don't understand since you are not seeing the whole picture. Today, let's explore the paradox of external. Perceptions versus internal realities, and try answering the million-dollar question: What truly defines a healthy and happy partnership? Also, a woman posed a resignation, spent three hours breaking up with not one, not two, but a staggering six hundred online work chat groups. Let's share a laugh, swap our own work group horror stories, and figure out if there is a secret recipe for digital sanity in the workplace jungle. Today, I am with my colleague Li Yi in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Now on Roundtable. Not many people's relationship would go through such remarkable transition in public perception, from alleged indifference to deep admiration. A celebrity couple, Zhu Dan and Zhou Yiwei, had their relationship dynamics unfolded unseen, challenging preconceived notions. Beyond the celebrity facade, their journey provides valuable insights into the intricacies of relationships, showcasing the disparity between external. Judgments and internal workings of a partnership. First things first. What makes the love story of this particular couple so eye-catching? Why are we talking about it? What are the twists and turns that attract so many public attention? Well,、uh, I think the major reason that the public has been discussing the relationship between this couple is that they are being famous, and that is the most important reason. <laughs>、yes. I mean, Judan is a famous host, and Joey Wei is a famous actor, of course. So that's why, at the first place, their story has always been. Given attention from the public, and then as you said, there are like a lot of twists and turns in terms of presenting their love story, especially from. The perspective of Zhu Dan, because although I don't really get every detail of their story, but I know that this lady used to, you know, love to praise or compliment her husband on various platforms or in reality shows, 
And she just keeps like sort of like showing off, uh, quote unquote, showing off、uh, how lovely her husband is. But people are not buying、mm. it. People do not believe her. Yes.、Uh, well, the thing is that this lady was trying to convince other people that her husband loves her so much. Yet the way she tells the story really makes people to think, "What's wrong with you?" And <laughs> even some people are think like she was being. Gaslighted, or even being controlled, or being too humble in their marriage. One typical example is that once in one program, Miss Drew mentioned that her husband successfully made her dare not quarrel for the rest of her life with just two sentences. And、uh, you know, during one argument or when conflict, Drew just、uh, simply remained silent, and then her husband simply simply ignores her, and then after two hours. Said something like this: "I'm offering you a way out right now. If you don't take it, there won't be an option later." Ooh, well, you see, you see, but actually, this lady was trying to show that her husband was so charming and,、uh, you know, so decisive or whatever. But then the response from other guests in that program was like, "Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to like to reconsider your relationship?" So, but then recently,、um, in the latest uh, uh, variety show, where this lady and also her husband also together attend, it's simply. Turns out that people think that her husband actually loved her so much because her husband actually helped her to repay a huge debt of twenty million yuan before marriage, and also through all those little details presented in that latest variety show,、mm-hmm. people just think that oh, actually her husband loves her, and it is not really the story presented by her previously. Yeah, I know one little detail is that she said, "Well, when I gave birth to my kid, my husband was not around, and people were raged." It turns. Out, she was two months ahead of her due day, and her husband has already arranged one month a vacation so that he could be around. But you know, that's that's the thing. I was wondering, Josh, because have you ever encountered such situation? For example, some of your friend talks about his or her significant other and complaining or praising, and you listen to the story, give your reaction, and it turns out it's a completely different story. Not so much, to be honest.、Um, I I find that it might be a a British thing. It might be a a male thing, or just me personally and my friends, which I think probably it is. But although I care deeply about my best friends,、um, we don't often talk about these things.、Um, for me, it seems like something extremely private, unless there is something. Uh, that I really feel I need to say. Usually, I, I find that it's better just to lend an ear rather than an opinion, because really, you have no idea what's going on.、Uh, so,、uh, which is evident from this story, which we're discussing today. So,、mm. yeah, not not so much. In that sense, I think you would not be able to provide a outsider's perspective. Then let me ask you an insider's perspective question. That is, if you are misunderstood by your friends, or if your friends having a wrong impression about your relationship, would you explain? Yeah, I think so. I think that most people feel as though their partners are an extension of themselves to some degree, right? Or they would feel defensive of them if they really are. The person that they want to spend the rest of their life with, and they're in love with them, which isn't always the case.、Um, <laughs> but still, if it is, if it is that way, then I think that、uh, I, I, I think that I would definitely feel quite defensive, and I would explain or even become 
quite critical of that person that has opinions on them. Um, it depends on on the situation and the context for sure. The reason I'm asking this question is because I feel like the relationship between Judah and Joeva is quite typical. The male being actually. The male cares about the female quite so much, but he is not very expressive. He shows his love in details, in serving his significant other, in helping her, doing a lot of different things, in providing her with gifts and maybe money. That's like three different love languages. But the woman likes to brag. "Quote unquote," brag about their relationship. She's been very expressive, even not in a proper way. I guess she didn't convey the message quite so well. Yet she is, she she's a different typical female figure when it comes to in a relationship. And this kind of combination often leads to a problem. That is when the man does not say anything and it's the girl talking for the relationship. Then people would have a wrong or at least not quite so accurate impression on the relationship, which leads to today's question. Do you think it matters what outsiders think about your relationship? Well, first to answer your question, I don't really think Outsider perspective matters so much to my relationship or my marriage because I'm the only one who are knowing everything or every little detail、mm. within this relationship. You're living it, and I'm living it, and so I think outsider they can only like providing a reference, but not really a very strategic advice that you will strictly. Adhere to, especially when it comes to handling intimate relationship,、um, and also besides, I still want to say something about this story between Drew and Joe.、Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I think they are public figures, so I think I'm being pretty conservative when it comes to their stories because I feel like there might be the possibility that they are creating their personas,、mm-hmm. you know, via different ways. Either the previous version that the wife was being too humble, and now The latest version that her husband actually loved her so much, but I think overall, I think we we can do have some interesting insight from the story because it shows that sometimes like pieces of information cannot really speak for the whole relationship,、mm. and that is exactly what happened between this couple and、uh, in real life, and I think that applies so because. Uh, when you are say complaining to your friend about your husband or or about your wife or about your girlfriend or boyfriend, you are only complaining about one or two stories or like a few moments in your life. But actually, your relationship is、uh, composed of like three hundred sixty-five days a year <laughs> and、uh, countless moments in your life. And so, one or two story can't really represent how good or how bad your relationship is. And in the meantime. Time. There are different types of people. Some people only complains. Yeah. When they meet negative things, unhappy things in life, they would complain these details and examples to their friends. And when happy things happen, they enjoy the happy moments and would not share. But there are the other kind of people who would only share happy moments,、mm. who are intentionally or unintentionally building up this perfect partner image around. His or her friend circles. So I think the persona or the personality of the person who's telling the story also matters quite a lot. But we're only girl talking. I think, judging by the official expression of Josh, I think he's basically saying guys don't share that much. Guys don't care what others think. Guys don't complain or you know praise happy moments. 
Is that the case? No, it's not the case at all. <laughs> I think that people, everybody, I think male or female or whatever, cares deeply about their best friends, and they should do. I think that communication about it can communication happens in different ways. It's not just speaking about it, right? We communicate as humans in many different ways, and we can read each other in many different ways. And I think the most important thing to look at is whether or not. Your friend is is happy, right? Whether they're happy and healthy, sort of regardless of whatever else is going on. You know, are they living a happy life? Do they appear to be living a healthy life? You know, are they? Do they seem stressed? Do they seem not themselves? Have they maybe lost some of their positive characteristics that they had before, like their sense of humor and things like this? I've definitely experienced this with friends before, where I've seen those things, and that would be a sign for me. That would be a flag. That would make me talk about it, you know. And I wouldn't necessarily ask about the relationship, even if I was suspicious about that being the case. You know, I'd more just sort of lend an ear, I think. And I'm by no means speaking for the for every male on the planet. I'm sure <laughs> that it's very different for for very different people. But I think that it would be wrong to suggest that in very traditional male on male friendships that nobody cares about it. You know.、Mm. In that case, would you intervene? If you think your friend is in a toxic relationship, maybe somehow, because for some people they are madly in love with their significant other, yet the significant other might be bad influence. Maybe they're not even that good to them. But since they're being very attractive, it's hard to break up. So would you intervene if you think your friend is being sucked in a really negative, toxic relationship and can't get out by themselves? Yeah, I would in in a respectful way. I would, I would have some sort of intervention.、Um, it may not be where I literally,、uh, you know, go in the way and try and take them physically out of、uh, their house or their environment at that moment. It would have to be an extremely serious situation if that was the case.、Um, but yeah, I think that some sort of intervention is is valid sometimes, and I think that it can in a sensitive. And caring way, and, and in a respectful way as well. I think you have to be very careful when it comes to people's pride. You can often back people into a corner, right? Because it is very personal to them, and people can get defensive of themselves, their life choices, their partner. Because sometimes, by criticizing their relationship or by criticizing their partner, you can maybe indirectly or pretty directly be criticizing that person's whole existence,、mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I think I will also make the same choice, especially for very close friends. When you are seeing her being so miserable in this marriage or in in relationship, of course, I feel like it's somehow like the duty of being a close friend to help her or him to get rid of this toxic relation, right? That is a very well. I appreciate both your answers, and yes, we're caring people. We care about our friends. Of course, we want to make sure that they are happy and they are truly happy. But one thing is that our understandings of a healthy and happy relationships can be different. We are all biased, and also our perception and our understanding of right and wrong often is quite affected by the current. Trend on the social media sometimes even, and the thing is, I think one major reason that people 
think maybe the female in the celebrity couple, Miss Zhu, is not happy is because what she said and a lot of her behaviors resonates with people's understanding or imagination of so-called 恋爱脑 in Chinese.、Mm. That is someone with a love brain. That is when you have a love brain, when you're watching everything through the "I love him so much" goggles, then every wrongdoings would appear to be so attractive in your eyes, and that is. Not healthy. That is not okay. And it's like we do not believe in strong, pure, great love anymore. We want every individual to be independent and to be able to love themselves first before they love the significant other. I'm not saying which one's right. I'm just saying it's quite the trendy perception here on at least on social media, and that would affect our understanding. About love, about relationship, and in that sense, do you think all these variety shows, or the celebrity couple stories, or any kind of stories, movie, or TV shows we see or we watch, would actually affect our very own relationships? Would we ask our significant other to act like the so-called or the latest version of a perfect partner? Well, I used to do so when I was much <laughs> younger, but now you know, I feel like I don't really trust those stories of being scripted in those reality shows or over TV dramas or movies, because I feel like, especially for such reality show involves celebrities, I always feel like there might be some scripted stories、uh, being incorporated in this show to make this show more attractive. So you can't really refer to every single detail of this person when it comes to comparing your close partner. But in the other sense, I do notice that there might be some impact on young people, especially for those people who don't really have so much love experience, and they might refer to reality shows or romance drama as a powerful reference when it comes to their criteria for looking a partner.、Um, you forgot my my birthday. You didn't give me a surprise、yeah. on our anniversary. You are acting like a bad husband. But I think the most important thing is that you have to remember every single person is a human being. You can't really expect everyone to perform so perfectly every time and every day. And even for you yourself, you can't really be a so perfect lover as well. So why would you ask someone else to be so? I mean, but simply the mutual understanding, right? Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day. What we say in Chinese: every key can open one lock, and it's just that key and that lock, and it's your life. As long as it's your life, you well, it's hard for us not to be affected by others' opinion, by the public, the latest version of the perfect couple in public's eyes, or the latest version of the great husband in your friend circle. It's kind of like a. Urban legend in your friend circle, but at the end of the day, it is your happiness that matters the most. You're in the relationship. Of course, you can share all the details and the love and the fun and the unhappiness with your friends, but you will have to be the master of your life. And hopefully, we can learn something from the discussion of our friends, but also remember it's. Us that's making the ultimate choice. It's the internal workings of a partnership that matters the most. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, Neil Honglin, Josh, and Li Yi. Coming up next, let's discuss our love and hate about work-related online chat groups. Don't go away. 
Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable, where East meets West, and understanding is the goal. Welcome back to Roundtable. Picture this: a daring escape from not one, not ten, but a whopping six hundred work-related WeChat groups. Recently, a woman bid farewell to her job and embarked on a hilarious three-hour quest to untangle herself from the clutches of a digital overload. Join us as we unravel the chaos, question our own love-hate relationship with workplace chats, and maybe, just maybe, find a lighter side of the WeChat dilemma. So, how come this woman has 600 work-related groups in the first place? Yeah, I think、um, that could be a very extreme case.、Uh, this lady is actually. A business building designer, and so for each shopping mall, there are like hundreds of stores within, and for every store, she needs to check the design construction process of those stores. So、Stressful、that's what job. Yes,、yeah, so that's why she's in like more than six hundred groups. I think that's a very extreme case. In reality, maybe most of us don't really. Get involved in so many working groups, but I think that somehow speaks for the increasing trend in workplace that our private life has been sort of invaded by those messaging apps. I mean, especially with the convenient emergence of those messaging apps, and you you feel like the line between work and your private life is blurred. So that's why this piece of news somehow make a lot of people feel resonated with it. So, Josh, are you in many work-related chat groups? Yes, I have been, but I actively try to、um, disassociate myself from them as quickly as possible because <laughs> I, I can't, I can't deal with that. I, I can't deal with being on call all the time. I try to maintain an image of being incredibly busy and very difficult to contact,、um, <laughs> and I will continue to do so for the rest of my life. So, yeah. This、uh, this sounds terrible and awful to me, but six hundred is is insane. It is insane,、yeah. and it's an extreme case, and it's due to the nature of the women's work. So I don't think、sure. um, the majority of us would have so many work chat groups. But I think what you said about being on call all the time is actually the key here. So having these instant chat apps is already like a huge invasion of our lives. People can find us all the time. By saying people, I mean sometimes friends that you don't necessarily want to talk to at that exact moment, or colleagues or boss. They can find you all the time, and in fact, and I think in in reality, we are already on call all the time. But when it comes to chat or online chat groups, the thing is. I think for a lot of people, the reason we hate it so much is because not all the information in that group has something to do with us.、Mm. We do not necessarily need to know the information all the、mm. time. Yet they buzz all the time.、Um, but before trash talking about it so much, is there any perk of being or having or let's say the invention of work-related? Chat groups. Is there anything good about it? Well, of course. If you ask so, of course, the invention of such messaging apps has made our working efficiency increased so much, especially during the pandemic. I mean, those digital tools and online chat groups actually 
make our work possible when we all like work from home. And also for important matters, actually, those messaging apps and also something like emails like used before can provide some proof or provide some guarantee or safety for employees, especially when it comes to law related matters. So I think those online chat tools still got their merits, uh, although now they're being sort of overused so that it, it really created burden for employees, especially at grassroots levels. Mm, so Josh, in your opinion, mm. do you think the constant influx of messages from multiple online chat groups would create challenges for professionals in terms of efficiency, emotional well-being, anything bad about it? Absolutely. I think that it's extremely inefficient. I, I think that it is efficient in doing what it does, which is to have instant messaging. It's obviously very good at that. But when it comes to productivity in the workplace and happy employees who stay in that job for a long period of time and are committed to the company, committed to the brand, actually enjoy being there, good relationships at work, surely all of these things are boxes that you want to tick as a business, right? I don't think this helps at all. I think that it increases stress massively. It blurs the line between your personal life and your professional life to the point where it's basically the same thing. It's easy to end up working overtime without getting paid because, I mean, <laughs> surely it's still classed as work if you're at home and your team is still sending you messages at 11 p.m. at night in the chat group, right? I consider that to be work. Um, but it's not right, but because we're using WeChat for both personal and professional use, uh, use there's no there's no clear lines anymore. There's no clear boundaries, and I think that that results in a, a lot of stress, a lot of unhappiness, a lot of anger, and just unpleasant feelings. And you know, is probably also a product of this sort of gig economy that we're seeing growing over the last decade. And yeah, so for me personally, I, I don't think it works. We've seen examples of the opposite of it. The opposite of it being for example, maybe a four-day work week and when you're off work, not being allowed to contact the employees. We trialed this on a massive scale in the UK quite recently. We discussed this on the show. And also, not only was it a four-day work week, it was when you clock off work, you are really off work. Your boss is not <laughs> supposed to contact you. If you take a holiday, there are rules by where you're not allowed to receive emails from your company, things like this. And it's shown that productivity either stays the same or goes up. But employee satisfaction and happiness also goes up. So for me, instant messaging is sort of the opposite of all of that. But I may be wrong, but that's how I feel about it. I have quite strong opinions, as you can hear. Mm, yes, you do. And on top of that, many people also argue that face-to-face -face communication is more efficient since you can actually quite make sure you understand what the other person is saying. And some others are also saying their approach about all the chat groups is to mute everything unless you are being mentioned directly or mentioned using the at kind of function that is your mention in the group. But then, you know, my question is, is really muting all those chat groups really workable? Because I've been like muting all those unimportant working groups, but I still feel like you can't really distract yourself from those uh, working environments when you are actually in those working groups because we're using social media unless you don't really use that social media app anymore maybe muting those could be helpful. I agree. Maybe muting does not work for some people as well. But I think at the end of the day, it's 
the management's job to think about a better way to manage to communicate. It's definitely an art. Sometimes we need to be on the same page, but sometimes not everyone needs to be posted all the time. Not every information has to arrive in everybody's brain right at the moment when the information is created. So I don't believe it's the WeChat. Group or the instant content message to be blamed. At the end of the day, it's the choice of the company. It's the choice of the management style, and we all hope we can find the company that we love to work in. No matter if you are a supporter of face-to-face -face communication or if you are super introvert and you do only want to communicate with people. Online, hopefully you can find the best spot for you. And that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Thanks, Li Yi and Josh. Until next time, keep the conversations going and the ideas flowing. I'm Yohan Lin. Bye for now.